Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers. It will also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. And welcome to another episode of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve it. As always, I'm Andy Stewart. And I'm Mitch Bain, a lapsed horror writer, an occasional doer of musical things, and confused by the fact that we just tried to switch this around. Yeah, it's a subversion of expectations. It's what we're all about. How are you? I'm okay, man. How are you? I am not bad. I've had a strange week, but I'm feeling generally a bit better, and I've also watched a bunch of stuff that I'm very excited to talk about. How about you? Yeah, I've watched a bunch of stuff as well, but I've also been kind of checking out some video games that I had let slide. Yeah, one of them was the Blair Witch game. Oh, yeah, okay. I think I saw um, on social media the other day that you were talking about this. That qualifies for the format. You can talk about that. I think so. I think it does, yeah. I only very briefly dipped my toe into it last night. It certainly seems pretty interesting. I mean, it's a, it's a little short thing. It's uh, produced by Lionsgate, who I believe now own the rights to the Blair Witch property. Yeah, okay, okay, I yeah. I could be mistaken. Yeah, I mean, you'd play a guy who is sent to Burkittsville to investigate the disappearance of a child. Along with your dog, you make your way through the woods encountering various creepy phenomena. So far, so good. This actually only just came out on the PlayStation 4, which I have... Uh, if anyone wants to follow me on there, by the way, it's Andy Makes Stuff. Yeah, this had, for, for ages, this was just an Xbox exclusive game, but it's now kind of cross-platform, which is pretty cool. But nice. yeah, so far, so good. Suitably creepy for a kind of, what is essentially made by a small, relatively indie studio. Pretty impressive visually. I'm not sure it's going to hold up for the full duration, which I think is only something like six hours. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to plod my way through that tonight. Okay, that's cool. So enjoying it so far? Enjoying it so far, but it's very early days. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I maybe turned it on at about 11 o'clock last night. Right, okay. Fair enough. Um, and then I was in bed by half past, so that tells you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so so very much a surface reading of proceedings so far. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe slightly later than that, but uh, not much. I see. Okay, I can't do a late Saturday match. I just, I, I just can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm too old for that. Like, I just want my bed. Pretty much any time of the day. If you said to me, "Do you want a nap?" My answer would invariably be yes. Yeah, um, I am struggling with the late ones on Saturdays these days. For date design purposes, we are doing this at half past ten on the Sunday morning, and I was in bed at uh, like eleven last night as well. <laughs> Good boy. So, what about viewing then? Uh, viewing, I think we both watched the same thing, uh, or certainly one of the same things. Uh, yes, I believe that might be true. If that's your main viewing for the week, then we may as well talk about it now. It kind of is my main viewing, apart from a Christmas Prince three. The royal baby. <laughs> I was very sorry to miss this. Uh, anyone who follows me and Andy on Twitter and has done for a while, you may know that uh, we have a particular interest in the Christmas Prince trilogy, as it is now, of Netflix original Christmas films. So there was Christmas Prince, of course, and then there was uh, Christmas Prince at the Royal Wedding. <laughs> and uh, this year, obviously, is the Christmas Prince the royal baby, which, by the way, kind of fits the format a little bit because there's elements of intrigue, there's supernatural elements, there's a curse that's flying around. Uh, so I was quite taken with all that. Yeah, um, I remember when you were texting me yesterday saying, it's like, oh, there's... (laughs) 
there's a curse and a supernatural element in this. It's like, fuck off. No, there really is. There really is. It's uh, it's hot garbage. But then I watched The Princess Swap with uh, Sucker Punches Vanessa Hudgens. Okay, I feel like we're getting further away from the format now. We are, but I need to touch on this because I think it's important to mention that Netflix seemed to have combined all these shitty Christmas films into one cinematic universe because there's a point in The Princess Swap... <laughs> There's a point in the princess swap where she's watching Christmas Prince or they're, they're looking through Netflix and they're toying with the prospect of watching a Christmas Prince and I was like, don't watch it! No way, that's like um, it's like Season of the Witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the, the Netflix Christmas universe. The mm. NCU. The NCU, exactly that. Fantastic, I love it. We've uh, been but, watching a whole load of crap Christmas films. I feel like we should do a spin-off episode where we should talk about them because most of the ones that I've watched haven't fit the format, but they have been a fucking delight. I've got to say, I think it, I'm being, it's very, very tenuous that uh, Christmas Prince 3 would fit the format uh, because there's a dungeon, <laughs> really only because there's a supernatural element and there's a dungeon. Oh, that'll do, that'll hold that's fine <laughs> uh, but we did both watch Chelsea Stardust Satanic Panic we did indeed the utterly <laughs> no less of yes, Satanic yeah, Panic yeah. finally yeah. getting around to that one I've been wanting to uh, see this for a long time you may remember Chelsea of course from the brain damage episode of this show as well yeah 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 and I, I actually watched this previously and I, I just hadn't mentioned it but it totally slipped in my mind and then uh, we were kind of talking about it and I was like fucking hell I've, wa- I've actually watched it I meant to mention it uh, so here we are now mentioning it with you having watched it yeah so what you have here is uh, you have a pizza delivery girl who heads out to a suburb that's outside of her basic kind of delivery zone in the hope that she's going to get a good tip from this affluent neighbourhood. She goes there, they don't tip, she gets really furious about it, understandably. Uh, Goes inside and stumbles upon a satanic cult, or like a coven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about the size of it. Incredibly bold decision when you're not tipped to break into the house. Yes, I thought so as well. Yeah, but um, a coven that includes Rebecca Romine. Yes. And uh, Bardemic's Whitney Moore. Yeah, Whitney Whitney Moore's in this, yeah. And uh, Jerry O'Connell's in here as well. And I love Jerry O'Connell. He seems to just embrace the, the ridiculous of things now. Yeah, it seems that way. And I think that there's quite a lot of ridiculousness going on in this film, but I had a lot of time for it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really good fun. It seems to be that these kind of Fangoria produced films like Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich before and Satanic Panic Now and uh, from what I've seen, VFW as well, they're just having like a lot of fun. Yeah, doing kind of like really racing, really visual kind of bloody things that are also just out of like a really good time at the cinema as well. Yeah, and this is this is a good time. It's, uh, there's some moments that are preposterous, but in the best way. For example, like the, the scene with Whitney Moore is pretty preposterous, but very wonderful. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I really like this. Very interested to see what Chelsea does next as well. Oh, yeah, hugely, yeah. Um, So I uh, managed to squeeze in a couple other things this week, All including right. I did head on to Amazon Prime. Now, this was a Fright Fest selection from a couple of years ago that I never got got around to and I had a spare 85 minutes the other day so I decided to spend them on David Churchillo's bad match all right okay check you with spare minutes I know yeah 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 rare luxury um so what you have with a uh, bad match is you have this guy he kind of uses tinder or whatever the kind of royalty free version of tinder in the film is to kind of hook up with the <laughs> yeah very much to sleep with women and then ghost them basically all right okay yeah it sound, so, he sounds like a charmer uh, yeah, like a, a fairly unlikable main character. I think that the film actually, the film tries to kind of fairly earnestly to try and make him likable and kind of humanise despite the fact that he's got some pretty horrendous traits and it does an okay job of that. Right. But basically, what happens is here, basically, he does it to the wrong girl and sure. um, mm-hmm. uh, as a result, she kind of inserts herself into his life and things kind of escalate and get increasingly dark from there. When this kind of shifted gears, I was a little bit worried this was going to just like let him off the hook for all of his sketchy behaviour and just turn into this hell 
hell have no fury like a woman scorned thing um which to an extent it kind of does but by the time it gets to the end i don't want to say too much about it it riffs with that formula just enough i think for it to work it does some pretty interesting things and the kind of final sting in the tail is really strong this actually has 100 percent on rotten tomatoes i'm not sure how many reviews it has but it's generally it's generally pretty well liked and um i can kind of see why it's just as a kind of like hour and a half easy watch it's quite easy to get swept up in there's some really cool kind of nasty moments in it so yeah actually i'm i'm gonna recommend bad match i had a good time with it excellent thank you for that one what else have you watched yeah one more thing so i have been trying to get the use of my shutter subscription Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're going to say here. Yeah, sure. Um, Because I, d- I did mention, yeah, on Twitter that I was watching this. And carrying on this kind of streak of uh, LGBT horror adjacency that we've been doing recently between mm. uh, Cruising and Elm Street 2 and things, I kind of kept that going a little bit this week by checking out Sam Weinman's The Quiet Room. All right, okay. Yeah. It's a 28 minute short film, which uh, basically is about a guy who tries to kill himself and ends up in a mental hospital. And while he's there, he worries that he has awakened this demon that will prey on people that he cares about. I thought this was really cool. I also really like the fact that Shudder are giving these kinds of things a platform because obviously, like, I was originally supposed to see this at Soho in 2018. And for whatever reason, it didn't show when it was supposed to. I think it was maybe a technical thing. Right. Which is unfortunate. But I think that it's the kind of thing that you might be less likely to have seen at festivals because it's 28 minutes long and obviously when you're programming for shorts blocks and <laughs> things that's quite long Mitch tell me about it right, I'm fucking yeah. chumming out 20 minute shorts can be quite off putting to programmers and that's about the only real explanation I can think of for why I haven't seen this yet because it's great it's, it's, it's really really good I am um, I, I also um, the uh, drag queen Alaska Thunderfuck plays the demon yeah 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 I knew that yeah <laughs> oh, which is pretty cool does great work so does everyone else I really like this like I say it's streaming on Shudder right now I would get us a long check that out it's not a massive investment in your time well it's not it's it's a it's a big investment for a short but it's not a lot of time yeah also by the way if you're feeling like checking out some shorts there's quite a few great shorts on Shudder I think uh, Ben Steiner's The Stomach's on there I think uh, El Gigante's on there by Gigi Sol Guerrero aye um, so yeah that was that was my view in this week Satanic Panic Bad Match and The Quiet Room and I'm happy to report given my status as a Sunshine Kid I had a really good time with them all so moving on to the next segment of the show then is that going to continue your sunshiny mood let's find out <laughs> We are getting it perilously close to the end of this thing. Oh man, my asshole's making buttons. <laughs> I did get another one in this week. I think I know what it is because I saw you tweeting. Yeah, well, Laura Bynan got in touch saying that she basically wanted me to hurry up and get this watched. So I did. I watched Cemetery Man this week. Yeah, Michelle Suave's Delamorte Delamore. Yes, with Rupert Everett, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, needless to say, almost, I thought this was really good fun. I got very caught up in it very quickly. It's got that kind of like bracing melodrama thing that I'll either immediately commit to or just not get on board with at all. <laughs> right, okay, cool. And um, yeah, it just worked uh, out of the gate for me. I had a really good time with it. I thought it was really good. It's probably it would be in the top half maybe in the top 30 of the ones that I've watched so far don't know if I'm going to do the entire 100 in order of preference but I'm get, definitely trying to do a top 10 or a top 20 right okay okay that I will permit that okay that's very decent of you and uh, just for anyone keeping a score at home that's 97 out of 100 done wow Possession Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist 3 are all yeah, and if and if you want to check out uh, Cemetery Man it is on Amazon Prime uh, because obviously as we know Shameless just recently uploaded pretty much their whole back catalogue to Prime yep that's where I got it uh, yeah it's out there check it out 
I also saw that Shameless are putting out, a, I believe, a 4K restoration of Lucio Fulci's The Beyond soon. So uh, I'm going to get in about that. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. So moving on. What have they been saying? We've got a decent amount this week, considering we didn't have an episode. And I think we should probably address that first. Yeah. So um, apologies for anyone who was expecting an episode on Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace to pop up in their feeds on Friday morning. If you had spotted what had popped up in your feed on Wednesday, you'll have known that we were not able to put that episode together on account of the fact that Hawaiian Wi-Fi is apparently very unreliable. We were trying to reach Orson. We had him for about 15 minutes. We lost him. We have kind of pledged to do this again when he's back somewhere where he's a little bit more reachable. <laughs> yep, sure. Uh, in the meantime, yeah, stay tuned. We'll, we'll be letting you know about that in due course. However, a few people did get in touch, or a couple of people got in touch kind of mentioning that as well. Yeah, I've got a couple of things. Andy McEwen got in touch on Facebook saying, God, no episode and more Tories, worst day ever. But I don't want to get started or bogged down, especially in politics. If you want to see my thoughts on politics, you should follow me on Twitter. Yeah, but uh, certainly, shite. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get too bogged down on this either, but what I will say is I agree. Uh, Saltire Popcorn getting in touch on Twitter, saying bloody Hawaii and their intermittent internet. It is why I haven't been there yet. Honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's the case. And also very, very happy with intermittent internet. Yes, uh, rolls it off the tongue. very nice in the mouth. Very satisfying. Film fan Steve, you got in touch. Need cheering up this morning. So returning to a favourite episode of Strong Violent PC, he uh, headed back and instead of listening to the episode that we would have dropped, he went back and checked out Howard the Duck again with uh, Billy. I did Cooper. see that, yeah. And uh, we did. Uh, I saw that Stevie was at risk of going postal at the lack of episode. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad that he managed. To, I'm glad he managed to talk himself down. Yeah, and I hope he's satiated. I, I I do too. I do too. Kind of on a related note, uh, Real Heel Scotty, a uh, Scotty Henry on Twitter, uh, got in touch when we were talking about Orson and basically his work. He said, "As hell is where the home is." That film that was called Intruders. Scotty, yes, you are right. Yes. That is the same film. The original title is "Hell is where the home is." That's the title that's been given in the UK, but I think it's possibly the American title is Intruders. Uh, also out tomorrow. Yes, yeah, it's it's out in the world uh, as of I guess today. Well, yeah, if you're listening on Monday, it's out there. Yeah, go check it out. It's, it's really, really good fun. Uh, the other feedback that I've had this week isn't really to do with individual films. Right. Which is obviously fine. Dr. Lauren McIntyre nodding goth on Twitter with the best idea of the week. I think you need to design some Chekhov merch. Hashtag never buy a t-shirt in Act 1, you can't wear in Act 3. I am working on that in the background of the computer I'm currently recording on. That is uh, something that is in progress. Oh, I see. That's exciting. So stand by for that. Kim Morrison at Wicked Sister 69 getting in touch on Twitter to say, so there's definitely a strong violent PC algorithm on Netflix because she watched Life Force, which is awesome, and it has thrown up recommended viewing in the shape of Lord of Illusions and Anaconda. <laughs> that is almost too much of a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've obviously not seen any of that meaty Netflix buck yet. No, no, you know where we are. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, reach out. Give us some of that uh, some of that money that you're spunking on films just now because they just shot $150 million on Michael Bay's new film. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Can catch <laughs> it on that. One more from me, uh, Scared Cheapless on Twitter. Is it safe to ask Watchfire's Mitch about how Gone Girl doesn't hang together or as evidenced on last week's episode, is it a bit of a button? Caitlin, don't get me started. Do not oh get me started. Like, honestly. Oh, some- Mitch, Mitch, calm, calm. <sighs> okay. Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. Was I'm cl- fine. That was a close call. Just, just move on to the next thing, okay? Just move on to the next yeah, thing. Uh, moving on very, very rapidly to Gorehound, that zombie slew getting in touch to say just how fucking good is the strong, violent PC Christmas-inspired intro music? Oh. It's definitely jingling my balls. Oh, wow. Um, okay. <laughs> I take my Santa hat off to the composer. The composer is you, sir, Mitch. Does I? Does I? Mitch Bain. Yeah. It was one of the musical things that I did last year. <laughs> 
It was indeed, and I'm, I'm grateful because as musically minded as I may be, I lack impetus. Ah, okay. I lack impetus too, but, like, <laughs> but, 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 but I got that done. Uh, that's about it for me for feedback, I think. I don't have anything else. Okay. It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. We will photoshop out the title and the tagline and any identifying text and leave only the image. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and where possible, give it both a title and a synopsis. We'll also share this on social media so you guys can join in and send in some pictures of your own, which a lot of you did last week. Yes, yes, student bodies. Yeah. Yes, reappropriated by me as Revenge of the Nerds 2 Sex Education, uh, which is oh, notable man. for not being the real Revenge of the Nerds 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the lawyers were not happy. Uh, from either film, really, the, the lawyers on both sides were furious. Yeah, I got, I got a cease and desist email so quickly that it cracked my phone screen. <laughs> <laughs> so I hastily retitled it Revenge of the Nerds 3. <laughs> Sex education. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I imagine there's some pretty good pitching going on here. There is uh, some pretty good stuff going on here, yeah. Let me just pull them up. Yeah, you pull them up. Okay, so uh, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter first. Danny, promiscuous head cheerleader, gets D's in more than just her grades. When How Much High becomes the new playground for notorious Bimask slasher killer, fan of golden swim trunks and ex-school janitor Flush Gordon, Danny and her friends become <laughs> most likely to scream. Oh, right, okay. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. not bad. C.P. Buckley, teenage artist Norman Rockard has been having trouble finding people to pose for drawings. One day after class, he walks into one of the classrooms to find head cheerleader Stacy Stacked dead and perfectly posed for a painting. The janitor Harold Butler walks in and finds him feverishly drawing the scene. He calls the police and Norman is arrested. However, while he's in jail, another student is murdered and perfectly posed. Norman's released but steals a crime scene photo so he can paint the scene. He sees that the school janitor was the one who reported it. Suspecting the janitor, he starts to stalk him. But as more bodies pile up, he starts to wonder, is the janitor really the murderer? It's 1983's obvious slasher slock, did the butler do it? Oh, right, okay. Uh, James Plum, 1983's one time at band camp. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, Tony Constantinou, when a plucky young dental student is invited to test a mysterious new oral hygiene aid as part of her final year studies, things take a sinister turn when she turns up dead on campus the next day. Now as his off-the-books investigation takes him from strange stories in the hallowed halls of Oral Roberts University to nefarious uh. Colgate spokesmen and underground evangelical sex cults, it's once again going to take every ounce of acting Deputy Chief Campus Security Officer Bill Loveshaft's <laughs> cunning to get to the root of the matter and extract the mystery of David Lynch's bigger scale and polished 1987 sequel, Dental Health Disorder Part 2, The Transcendental Descent of Felicia Fluckenslug. <laughs> Fluck and suck. Fluck and snuck. All right, okay, sure. And Kevin Matthews with I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say I don't want to color your judgment, but this is one of my favorite titles that we've ever had. All right, okay. It's the bonkers American Giallo commenting on the ruination of the education system. Glynis Barber stars as struggling student Tina Biscuit in 1980s The Children Scream as the red pen writes an F. <laughs> Wonderful. So that's your lot this week. Uh, best character name Norman Rockhard. Okay, fair enough. That's CP. Yep, and the ooh, oh the best pitch I'm gonna give to Kevin because that Giallo title was smashing. Children scream as the red pen writes an F. So, uh, CP and Kevin, congratulations, you are this week's winners. You win, of course, nothing. Don't spend it all at once. Hooray! So, moving on. In fact, I'm going to throw an extra nothing, by the way, because it's Christmas time. Ah, you know what? Honestly, you're some guy. Generosity knows no bounds. Yeah, enjoy it and and have a great festive period. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sure. So, Are you ready? uh, Yeah, let's do this. Okay... Go. Okay, here we go. 
Right, okay, so uh, there's no border to the image, the background is black. In the foreground of the image, we have a couple in an amorous pose on a bed. <laughs> uh, there is a shirtless and trouserless man. He appears to just be wearing kind of like what looks like red boxers. Well, it's sure. kind of difficult mm -hmm. to tell. He's kind of got like a little bit of a Tony Danza haircut going on and quite a strong jawline. Right, yeah, he does. He has a, he has a strong jaw. Uh, we also have a, um, a woman sitting next to him on the bed to his right and our left um, in a negligee. She has a haircut that I would put to the 80s. Right, okay. That is an extremely flimsy negligee. Y yeah. Transparent it's, it's, to, a, a, to, a full, to a ridiculous degree. Yes, it's not leaving a great deal to the imagination is what I would say. Um, so yeah, they are, kind of, they are kind of posed sensually on a bed. It looks like uh, there might be blood all over the floor. I'm just clocking that It does that look now. like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the headboard of the bed is in the shape of a heart, and craning over the top of it is a, um, a fiery axe-wielding demon. <laughs> um, yeah, he, it's, it, that's just exactly what it is. He's got one hand over the edge of the headboard and is reaching around, branching a hatchet in the other. Uh, he appears to be very much on fire. Kind of has a uh, yes. has a little bit of a kind of Freddy Krueger aesthetic with the kind of burns on the head and stuff. Well, he is on fire. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there you go. Uh, amorous couple on heart-shaped bed, stalked by flaming Axeman. Now, presumably they're going to be killed before the physical act of love takes place. Well. Which, is, which I think's a shame. Let's find out. Give me a minute. Yeah. I've never actually seen a bed with a heart-shaped headboard, but I, I, I imagine they only exist in kind of seedy motels. That would be my assumption as well, yeah, I would say. Like a Las Vegas wedding chapel motel? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, like yeah. you get the impression that you could probably, like, it's probably got a, a mirrored ceiling as well, and if you pushed a button on the side of it, the bed would vibrate. Yeah, I also imagine that to have a very velvety feel. That yeah, headboard. definitely, definitely. Like, yeah. like velour? Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, are you getting on over there? I don't know, that was quite distracting, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nah, I think we got it. Right, okay. Wow me. Okay. Late one night, a young woman arrives at Dante's Motel, a dilapidated apartment complex <laughs> mostly <laughs> used for businessmen to carry out their affairs discreetly, in search of a room for the night. Unsure of the woman, the motel's mysterious owner falsely tells her no rooms are left. In a rage, the woman drinks from a small vial of liquid that transforms her into a voluptuous essence-stealing succubus. As she goes from room to room, extracting bloody, sexy revenge on the sleazy inhabitants, what she doesn't realise is that the further into the motel she ventures, the further into hell she descends. What awaits oh. her at the end of her amorous endeavours? Find out in 1977's sexploitation classic, Debbie Does the Devil, A Woman Scorned. <laughs> wow. Okay, lovely. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so, okay, prove me wrong. What year did you say? I said 77, which I feel is early. Uh, 1982. Okay. And the film is Honeymoon Horror. Honeymoon Horror, eh? Okay, what's that about? Well, this is coming in from IMDb synopsizer Anonymous. Okay, ever the enigma. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Imagine every newlywed's fantasy. A rustic, secluded lover's paradise, Honeymoon Island. What starts as a weekend of love turns into a nightmare of blood <laughs> and, and terror for three young innocent couples. What lurks in the shadows of Honeymoon Lodge? Is it the caretaker or perhaps something more fiendish and deadly? Honeymoon Island, where newlyweds joined in holy matrimony spend their wedding nights screaming in terror. That was um, some of your best work there, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Thank you. Enjoyed that very much. So is that film any good? Uh, no idea. It's, it's got somewhere in the, the region of 3 out of 10 on IMDb, so uh, I'm going to err on the side of no. Okay, fair enough. Uh, 3.8, so not as bad as some of the films we've covered on the show. I was going to say, but however, yeah, if somebody wanted to cover it on here, we wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't stop them. 
<laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, the the IMDb score is uh, no obstacle. No, I... to your film being selected for the show. <laughs> in all fairness, in all fairness, I think that the obstacles are getting fewer and fewer as we go on. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to do the episode on A Christmas Prince 3. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week, though. The image is everywhere, so uh, do get in on the fun and get a pitch of your own sent in. We will, of course, read out the best ones next week. Yeah, I have, by the way, just... Uh, I've shared it while we were, while we were recording. Um, once I'd sent it on to you, I've, I've since shared it on social media. Okay. Um, Dennis Extra Atherton has reached out almost immediately to say, More boobs! Am I wrong? But is there a slightly pervy streak to these recent choices? I'm not complaining, just wondering. And I, I, I feel the need to explain. Anytime I put anything dirty anywhere to do with this show is only to make Mitch uncomfortable. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. Because I know that his mother listens. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> There's, uh, yeah, there's, nothing, there's nothing like lascivious about it it's just Andy trolling me <laughs> turning our attentions then to the streaming platforms for this week there's a decent amount of stuff uh, Sky Cinema though has nothing ah uh, sure uh, Amazon Prime just to show you that I'm paying attention has a weekly episode of The Purge but not Mr. Robot has Mr. Robot come to its conclusion I would say probably I yeah um, right okay there's, but there's not an episode of that this week but there is an episode of The Purge on Shudder we have one on Thursday a binge-worthy crime series set in French Guyana Iskander Shadow of the River. All right, okay. Uh, which wow. does sound pretty interesting, I must say. Netflix on Monday, we have uh, the prequel of The Thing landing. Ah, 2011, the Mary Elizabeth Winstead one with the terrible CG effects. Yes, Brilliant. that's the one. Yeah. On Friday, we have Angel of Mine, consumed by grief, a mother's life unravels when she firmly grasps onto the belief that her daughter might still be alive. Uh, oh dear. Also got Black Death, during the first bubonic plague, a church-appointed knight investigates a woman rumoured to bring the dead back to life, but may also be tied to Satan. Pain in the arse. Is this the one with Sean Bean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Right, okay. And uh, I think kind of an obvious pick this week, I think, for uh, the top one, because people have been talking about this for ages, and it lands on Friday. you got season one of The Witcher. Geralt of Rivia, a mutated monster hunter for hire, journeys towards his destination in a turbulent world where people often prove more wicked than beasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, people have been talking about this, and there's been kind of articles springing up all over the place in the last few months about this, so I kind of feel like it's uh, it's an open and shut case in terms of it being the, uh, the top pick for this week. Well, I mean, it's an incredibly popular series of books and an incredibly popular series of video games. So I would imagine there's a lot of people out there pretty excited for Witcher. Yeah, and if you check it out next week, get in touch, let us know what you think of it. I might try and get to it, but who knows, you know? (laughs) Okay. Um, So I suppose all that's left to do is turn our attentions to this week. Now, it is the final main episode of 2019. Yeah. So uh, you may remember that last year at Christmas time, we did uh, an Andy versus Mitch episode that was kind of a more relaxed thing where we uh, we talked about Christmas Evil. We did, yeah. yeah. And uh, we have kind of decided to just do something very similar to that again because it was a really good time and it is quite a nice way to end the year, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's just going to be the two of us this week. And which film are we doing? Uh, Well, we're going back, all the way back to the hazy days of 1997. Okay. Um, What happened that year? Uh, Princess Diana died. Uh, Tony Blair became Prime Minister. Yeah. Presumably other things happened out with that. It was also the year that saw the release of killer snowman film Jack Frost. Yeah. So we're doing that. I'm assuming this isn't just a classic Andy Stewart lampoon. This is the film we're doing. Yes, it's Jack Frost from 1997. Please don't confuse it with the Michael Keaton film Jack Frost in which a dead man is reanimated as a snowman. Which is also quite creepy. I was going to say, which also which also has a synopsis that reads like a horror film. It's fucking horrible, actually. We could do a, a science versus fiction type thing and compare and contrast. <laughs> yeah, but just like, but just talk about which one is more faithful to conventional snowman mythology. <laughs> 
So this week it is our Christmas episode. It is just going to be an Andy versus Mitch episode, and we are talking about Jack Frost. That's going to be a fun time. So Christmas jumpers and wine. Uh, yes, I would say uh, both of the above would be a good shout. If you want to get in touch with us ahead of that, you can do. There's loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can also tweet us as well, of course, at Strong Violent PC, and you can email Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com. Yeah, and reach out to us because uh, let us know your top five episodes from 2019 me and Mitch are pulling together a list of our favourite episodes from the year Um, yeah let us know your favourite episodes from the year and why you feel like they've kind of earned the right to be your favourite episode I want to know what's been doing it for you this year on the show yeah because hopefully I mean if there's something out there or if there's a kind of consensus on things that people are particularly enjoying then we can look to kind of tweak things in that direction down the line yeah exactly exactly if there's a big groundswell of opinion towards a couple of episodes you know we can maybe let that inform how we plan things in the future knows yeah we are back this friday talking jack frost join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds goodbye bye you've been listening to strong language and violent scenes with andy stewart and mitch bain strong language and violent scenes theme by mitch bain production and artwork by andy stewart find us on stitcher itunes spotify google podcasts and podbean